0: This
1: is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick
0: Campton. Hello. That's right. I'm back. We're doing it. It's all the same. We're going to basball this shit. And by basball, I mean, we're going to do a terrible job and then complain about how it's someone else's fault.
1: But as long as we get a moral victory, that's all that matters.
0: Well, moral victories are more important than actual victories.
1: That's what I've learned watching the cricket for the last two weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, Being up being up 2-0 is great, but you know what's better than that? Feeling up, like you're up 2 Feeling
1: nil. like you're up 2-0, but actually being down 0-2. That's right. And we are recording on Monday evening, a little bit later than usual, but that is, of course, because we had to wait until the teams for State of Origin Game three, we're locked in. Uh, Nicholas, should we start with the Blues?
0: Well, yeah, I think we have to because, once again, all the news is out of this Blues team. Queensland are just sort of sitting very safely and securely and confidently in what they've done, and the Blues are once again throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. Let's go Mm. down the team list and sort of talk about this one by one. Bradman Best was someone who, like, entered calculations very, very late in the game. He's going to debut at left center. How are you feeling about that one?
1: I like it. I, I'm a big fan of Brad and best. I think his game is well suited to origin. It definitely came out of left field and this really doesn't sort of do anything to alleviate the speculation from some detractors that like Brad Fittler's orbit is entirely based off like the last round of rugby league he's seen <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> but if that was true, Josh and probably wouldn't be in the team.
0: So, well, I would think I, yeah, that that's, that's right, you know, and um, while Best did, has come from the clouds somewhat and is probably a little bit fortunate to be there ahead of someone like Katoni Staggs, who's had a really, really good season for the Broncos, but just sort of isn't attracting the hype of years past because I think his play's been a lot more steady. There's been a lot – probably hasn't been as many highs, but there's not been – there's barely been any lows either. He's been very consistent. Um, but with Best, I think he's someone who – has had the talent to sort of hit this arena for a good couple of years now. Um, But injury has been a problem for him and just sort of staying on the field and developing his game as you would expect a young player to. That's been a challenge for him. Mm -hmm. Until this season, he's played every game for the Knights and I think he's been really strong, not just in this game on the weekend where he scored three tries on a pretty pathetic bulldog side, um, but just generally, just overall, he's been getting really good service from Ponga and he's the sort of guy where he's very much a strike center. You know, yeah. if he gets good clean ball, he's gonna be able to do something with it. Uh this this selection has copped a lot of heat, but I actually I actually quite like it. In terms I do of too. like a dead rubber selection, I think it's pretty good. I probably I probably would have had stags in the team anyway. I probably would have either switched yeah. Crichton to the wing or um dropped Crichton entirely and got stags in there. But as far as dead rubber selections go, I think this one's Well, good. I,
1: that's the thing, right? Because the way Brabham Best plays, like he is a bit rough around the edges and he is a bit raw, but he's very powerful. He runs hard. He's very physical, and those are sort of the kind of the most important characteristics for an Origin player to have. So, given that there is nothing on the line, why not kick the tires on him and see if he's got what it takes to survive at this level? Because yeah, yeah, it was him or Stags. I, really, there wasn't like a abundance of candidates with Campbell Graham, of course, still on the shelf. So. I'm okay with it. I, I was I was mildly surprised, uh, certainly. I, I hadn't even factored in that he was sort of in the consideration, but once I saw it, I didn't really have a huge problem with it.
0: Yeah, me. I know you're speaking like a bit pejoratively there when you say there's nothing to play for, but there's something I wrote about a little bit earlier today. There's always something to play for in Origin, and I don't mean that in like the stupid motivational poster, never give up, hang in there, baby type, type stuff. I mean that the the future of the Blues is, is is built on the past, right? And if you look at the way Queensland were able to sort of rebuild themselves after they lost the twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen series, or when they lost that, when they had that losing run of three series in four years, they brought back Daly Cherry Evans in a dead rubber. They brought back Ben Hunt in a dead rubber. They debuted Hamiso fit out in a dead rubber. They debuted Tom Flagler in a dead rubber. Those are all really important players for them now, you know. Mm. And that's. To, if I was the New South Wales brains trust, you know, not necessarily Freddie cause he probably isn't invested in the future as much. But if I, if I was part of that blue setup, that's what I'd be looking for. I'd be looking for guys who can make the difference down the road, you know, because it's, it's very rare that a, a coach is going to be able to come into origin, wave a magic wand and all of a sudden everyone's going to be great and everything's going to be fine. You know, people think has done that, but, while Slater has created some 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 great new things during his time in charge with Queensland, he's also taken some of the things that were already there and got the best out of them. You know, Hamisa Tabuai-Fidow wasn't debuting in Origin this year. He did have that game under his belt. And that does make a difference because your Origin debuts is always going to be the biggest night of your life. And then the second one is something that you're going to be a lot more comfortable with, you know? So in terms of, in terms of that, in terms of longer-term thinking, I think this best one's a really good selection. Or maybe not really good, but one that I don't mind at all. Yeah, when I say there's nothing to play for, I mean in the sense that like he's not going to be crucified if it goes wrong to the yeah, extent that he would yeah. if
1: it was a decider. Um, but yeah, I completely take your point. You convinced me last week that you know there is more at stake in these games than a lot of people want to let on. But just I am going to say it again, so you don't need to pull me up at every point. I will at various points say there is less to play for. Just oh no, they're... I
0: wasn't I wasn't taking a shot. I was just No, saying, I know, but I'm just, just warning you that I am
1: gonna say games. it again, just because yeah. like it is a, it is a helpful way for them to use justification for player selections which in a weird way brings us to the next name on the team sheet that doesn't kind of make sense because if you are looking towards the future and beyond i don't know if a 34 year old cody walker is the guy that you want to be giving the chance to in a game that in the grand scheme of things has no has no great consequence
0: again i, I get what you're saying and if, and if i was picking this team i probably would have gone with nico hines me um, too it's funny with Jerome Luai. I on the night of game two, I thought he'd he'd done pretty well. Um, but I had a lot of stuff going on, sort of in the days after that. So I hadn't had a chance. I didn't get a chance to sit down and watch a replay until maybe three or four days later. And when I did, the thing that really stood out was how much ball Jerome Luai had and how little he did with it. I um, was like jumping the, around. <laughs> yeah, the the scuffle at the end of the game doesn't doesn't worry me as much. Um, but more the play in the in the eighty minutes beforehand. You know, and I, I think, I think after after a loss of that of that magnitude, some guys have got to pay the price, and Jerome Luai would have been one of those guys for me. Um, again, I would have gone with Hines. I think he's done pretty well over the last couple of weeks, or at least well enough to earn selection here. I don't think form is as big a concern mm. when it comes to picking it's a, a team for a dead rubber. It's always a concern, as we'll get to with another player to be named later. But I think Hines has been playing well enough. What I don't mind with this selection with Walker though is. To me, Cody Walker Cody Walker can be a part of the blues future for as long as he keeps playing like this. That's true. And I know he's on the older side, I know he's thirty-three. But daily Cherry Evans is thirty-four and he's playing great footy. He's playing the best origin footy of his entire career. So who's to say game one next year, if Walker's the best man for the job, that he doesn't get picked again? Good point. You know? Like Daily Cherry Evans in the Queensland team is living proof that the future doesn't always have to belong to the next generation. If the previous mm. generation does enough to hold on to it. I, I, and that's something I think Walker's capable of doing again, I would have gone Heinz, mm. but I, I do think Walker can still be a part of this side for the next year or two to come. Definitely.
1: Yeah, for sure. But like the, the, the flip side of that is even if he plays really well in this game, like has, has a, like maybe, not, maybe not the man of the match, but has a really good game. Mm. But then, Come round, come game one next year. Nathan Cleary's back, so he's got the halfback spot back. You know that's a long time for whomever is in charge of picking the team at that point to look all the way back to July twenty twenty three and go away from Jerome Luai, Cleary's trusted Consigliere, and go with Walker instead. So I agree, and I, I, I mean, you, know, you don't have to sell me on Cody Walker. I love Cody Walker more than most most fans do, but yeah, I'm just kind of confused as to sort of the messages that the best and Walker selections kind of juxtapose each other with, because the best one is kind of like, this guy doesn't really deserve it, but he has the tools to succeed at this level. And we want to see what he's got when the stakes are as as low as they can get in this arena. Whereas Cody Walker, it's like, we all know how brilliant this guy is. He's been the best five eighth in rugby league for for the past three years, but he is coming towards the back end of his career. He is not he is a young 33. We do know that he did debut very, very late. And the way he plays with the quick hands and stuff, he's not going to lose that over the next couple of seasons. So I take that point as well. It just does seem that those two selections, if you compare and contrast them, don't really match the same sort of MO. But as a whole, I, I like both of them because I think they're I think best will be a fun selection. And I think that there's every chance he just Takes to Origin footy like a duck to water, and obviously I love Cody Walker and I want the best for him. So yeah, stoked for him to get another chance.
0: I agree. There's not a whole lot of cohesion across those two spots, but you know this is really a horses for courses type game. You know, so and maybe they were maybe they were thinking, all right, we've we've got best in there as our backline bolter. We want to have a little bit more experience in the halves with Moses or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I, again, uh, this, this is, this is, this is one I, I don't mind, even though again, I would have gone another way.
1: And I, 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 I can definitely see and best running a great line onto one of those Cody Walker disguised short balls and crashing over for a try. So
0: what, what I can see is, is sort of Walker going short to best and then working off best in sort mm. of a wrapper or an offload yep. situation, you know? Yep. So that's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see those two linked together.
1: Yep. Uh, Mitchell Moses, no, obviously. Yep. For sure. Yep. Jake
0: Taboevich, is Juju Paolo injured? No, no, but this was always going to happen, you know, especially given how the Blues have sort of. It's been accusation. There's been a little bit of talk that, you know, they're not treasuring the jersey and they're not going hard and they're not, you know, 100% committed and they're not nice young men and all that sort of deal. So Taboevich was always going to. Was always going to come back in. And, you know, it's not a New South Wales origin team if you don't have an underdone Drojevic in it. So, yeah, well, the, this, this is part the, of the, the experience the, at this point.
1: The wildest thing about this is, is just the sheer, like, I mean, Cody Walker fell out of origin consideration for game two because he missed one game. And Jake Toboyevich has played, ha- since Magic Round, he's what played what? an hour and a half of footy? Yeah. Like, what's, I, I, Yeah, he was good on. He was good against the Roosters, but like, is that like again? It just it just seems like a mixed message where like we've had guys who've stacked really good seasons together, have their have their entire selection hopes dashed by one poor game a week or two before the selection, or one niggling injury a week or two before selection. And then on the flip side, you've got Jake Tobr, who's had a million chances at this level, has barely played first grade in the last three months, just walking back into the starting team. I just don't understand it.
0: I think it's a mistake to look for a uniform philosophy it's across true. across this side, you know? And I actually think that's true for all origin teams everywhere since 1980, you know? Like all players are equal, but some players are more equal than others. And some players are going to get a longer leash from a coach because they favor their style or they just, they like them around the camp or whatever. And some blokes aren't. And that's just kind of the way it is. That's not playing favorites. It's just coaches have guys they like, guys, guys that they prefer and 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 that's just the way this this game is played you know hard and fast rules don't really apply so much like what do we always say about origin it's about vibe it's about feel Mm -hmm. you know it's about trusting your gut and all of that so I do I do I do take your point I do but I think it's a mistake to look for black and white patterns here yeah well either way Jake
1: Tavovic back in the team Regan Campbell Gillard the other starting prop, that one more out of necessity, Painthouse injured. Um, injured. I don't have much to say. He's a good player. He's played there before. He
0: won't let them down. Uh, you got anything on RCG? Well, it could. Like, I don't mind if they're going to pick him and play him for lesser minutes, because I think it's pretty clear that Paulo does his best work in longer minutes, and Campbell Gillard is someone who can have a little bit more of an impact role. So if they get their bench right and assume that that, that if was in size 500 font, the size that you could paint on the side of buildings because they haven't got their bench right in a long time. Yeah. But if they could get their bench right, it's not a bad pick.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then I actually like the back row pairing of Liam Martin and Keon Colomatangi. Matangi. I don't, it's funny though. I feel like Keon was pretty good on Friday, but before that he'd probably been having his worst stretches of Rabbitoh in like two and a half years. So for him to get the Jersey on the back of that is kind of funny. And then Cameron Murray starting instead of Isaiah, Yo, which is, given the lack of minutes Murray played in game two and given how much I think they missed him. And I think he is just is the better player at this point. I think that that is the right decision, but um, the bench, Nicholas, the bench is where I am very confused.
0: Bit bit more back row chat for starters. I agree with you on Murray. Um, Even if, even if you think yo's the better player, I think it's clear that they needed a change there. Um Martin starting really good reward for the guy's probably in the blues best player. Bad for Hudson Rangers. Young. He
1: played well in game 2.
0: Well that's the thing. I thought Hudson Young's a little bit stiff to be dropped because I thought he improved a lot in game 2. Um but that, you know that's just the way it goes sometimes. But Kolo Matungi even though I do think he's going to be up to this level I don't think he's been playing no. well enough to 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 demand selection, you know. Um Maybe on the bench, but I, I was. He was very, very bad start. against the Cowboys. Yeah, he was. He and was, and he was. He's a lot, pretty
1: good against the Warriors, but a lot better
0: yeah. against the Warriors. Played really tough, but um, yeah. Again, form isn't as big a consideration for a dead rubber, but it still mm. has to be some manner of. Consideration. He is a
1: guy who's been like in and around the camp on like yeah, two or three occasions. Yeah. So, think,
0: like again, so. I'm not tearing my hair out. It's uh, just not the way I would have gone. Yeah. But speaking of form, this bench that they've thrown. This out, is this absolute. Is a, this is a strange one.
1: Well, okay, so Isaiah Yo, amazing player. Not the first person I think of when I think of impact sub. Um, then there's Jacob Saifidi, again, like who has been better at this arena than, so at this level I should say, it was good. And we good thought he go was going to year. be yep. when he got picked, but at that point it kind of goes off a cliff, and it was a weird one. Freddie was on one of those nine shows last week and said, "Oh, Reese Robson." Moves to the forwards when Jake Granville comes on, there, and I'm like, no, he doesn't. That's no, Jake Granville it. does that. Yep. So Reese Robson, has he? I, I don't know whether he just doesn't watch Cowboys games or something, but he, he, if he's picked Robson with the idea that he's going to come on and be a, a roaming sort of thirteen type, I don't know, or if it's just to spell Damien Cook, either. Or I'm not really sure. But and then there's Clint Gutherson again, who was picked in the centers once, and it went as badly as it could have gone. Can't really play anywhere other than fullback. Maybe six. But, like, why would you be taking Cody War? Oh, he's done that before. But, um... <laughs> uh, so, I just oh, don't geez. understand. Like, are we going to get, like... Are we going to end up with, like, Jake playing close to 80 minutes and Murray playing 60-something? And, I don't know, like, I guess Jacob Sofidi and, and Regan Campbell-Gillard sharing the workload of, a, of the other prop? And Isaiah then coming on... And also playing big minutes, I just don't I, know how to. I can't. I'm looking at these names, and I don't know how it all fits
0: together. I've I've said it to you before in this series. We can't try and get inside. That's true. What he said with these things, and that's doubly so for for the bench. Like even when Freddie was was coaching very well in Origin, the bench was always a struggle for him. So figuring out how all these pieces are going to fit together is something of a fool's errand. Um, mm. What we can do is sort of look at it from kind of a uh, what, what, what job they would be looking for each person to do. You know, I agree with you that there might not be a place for yo in this team. If he's not a starter, you know, not that, not that he's not a great player or anything. It's just how can he possibly do his best work in 30 odd minutes, unless Mm. you just have him out there and he puts the passing away and he's just sort of more leading the line and and trying to use that speed and footwork behind the rack, which I guess is possible. Mm. Robson while Robson hasn't, spent much time as a sort of lock forward for the Cowboys. I do think it's something he'd be able to do. I do too. He'd be able to go to the line and he's robust enough to carry the ball. All right. And all of that, but already that's two guys that you're asking to do something that they don't do at club level. You know, you're asking them to do things that are outside the realm of their expertise, you know, and to me, that's never a recipe for success in origin. I think you need to trust guys to do the things that got, that got them there. And neither Robson nor Yo are being asked to do the things that got them there. And then with Safidi and Gutherson, how much better would you feel about this entire team if Gutherson and Safidi were out and Lenu and Drinkwater were in? Oh, a lot better. If Lenu and Drinkwater were in, I would look at this team and I'd say, well, look, there's some things I'd do differently. But there's some some fresh blood in there. There's some old faces that might get yeah, a, the a best a, a impact, impact on life.
1: In the in the competition coming off the bench.
0: Yeah. Like Len you, will, Len you will come on and he'll fire up and that'll get everyone going. You can throw Scotty D out there for 10 minutes and he might create you something. I would feel really, really good. I would feel really good about this side. I would feel like it was fresh. It was, it was exciting, but it was also a little bit seasoned. There were blokes coming back for another chance. There were blokes fighting for their first chance. It would feel really cool. But having Gutherson and Safidi in there, who like, it, I, I don't want to say they are used up or they're done or anything like that, but we, we kind of know what they're going to offer at this level. Yeah. You know, I think Safidi will be fine coming off the, coming off the bench like he was in that decider last year. I honestly think Gutherson's just going to just there in case someone gets injured. I think they're once bitten or they're twice bitten thrice shy mm. after what happened in game one and game two. Like he could honestly get five minutes at the end if no one gets injured. Um but yeah, the, the, those two picks, I just think are a little bit uninspiring, you know, for all the talk of trying to plan for the future and get guys in there that might be able to help turn the tide for the blues. And then you go back to, to two sort of retreads, you know, it, it, it kind of, it kind of blunted my enthusiasm a little mm. bit. And I, I just think the inclusion of Drinkwater and Lenny would have done a lot to not just energize the team, but energize. Well there's, the no more, well, there's no We're more exciting
1: not, player in the competition right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it, it, it would just, it would do a lot to, I think, help reconnect this team back to its fan base because there's obviously a real dislocation there at the moment. There's a lot of people going around saying, Oh, I'm not going to watch or I don't care. And it's like, Well, you are going to watch and you do care. But I take your point. You're upset. Mm. You're upset. You hate how this team's been playing. You hate how it's sort of being run. And I can get that. I can appreciate all that. So I, th- I would have thought that bringing in those two guys, even though it's just two guys on the bench, I think it really, really helped sort of strengthen that connection again. I think that's something this blues team needs because as it stands, for the things I do like in this side, it 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 smacks it smacks to me of of a very specific blues team, which is the team they rolled out in game three 2010. If you go back and look at that that team again, it's got like Jason King got pulled from nowhere to come in and have a run. Michael Gordon played his only game um of origin on the wing. And and then there were a couple of other blokes who they sort of pulled in from nowhere to see what was going on and things went badly in Queensland one. And that's the last clean sweep in origin history. And and I'm struggling to sort of throw that scent off of this team. I'm looking at it now. It's not a great team. Do you want to just, just, just yeah. read it out really quickly for the listeners? Right.
1: Hayne, Michael Gordon, Michael Jennings, Bo Scott, Brett Morris, Trent Barrett, Mitchell Pierce, Jason King, Mick Ennis, Cade Snowden, Luke Lewis, Paul Gallen, Greg Bird, Kirk Idley, Tom Leroy, Lars, Tim Manor, Anthony watmer
0: Yeah. So like there's a, that, that has a similar vibe to what we got going on here. You yeah, know?
1: That was the year Gidley was captain on the bench. Good times. It sure was. <laughs> uh, we've, we've, we've come full circle. We're back to the meme team. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Yeah, look, um, I agree with you. I'd love to see you drink water and lend you in there. Um, I'm obviously just really hoping that Cody has a good game. If you remember back to 2019, the way he played and the way he was treated in that Origin series, I think really not only derailed sort of his campaign but really had an effect on on the rabbit for the rest of that season they kind of really went off a cliff in the back end of that season and so i'm very 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 much hoping that that does not happen again
0: oh oh, i think because like i I, like i understand you putting a lot of stock in that 19 series and that experience for him but i do think people overlook how good he was in in the 2020 origin series Mm. like he was good off the bench in game one he gave him a lot of spark spark even though they didn't get the job done he was a terrific in game two was unlucky not to get man of the match and then game three was 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 a bit tough for the whole side but he at least looked likely i think he helped create that try to daniel tupo late on so he was still creating even as things were going wrong for the blues so i i i take your fears but i think i think win lose or draw on wednesday night walker is going to be okay
1: i hope so all right as for queensland well Not wholesale changes. Uh AJ Brimston at fullback, which I mean, given Callum Ponga wrote a letter that he was unable to be selected. They didn't do you think
0: he he like went down to the post office and tried to wet them
1: with a hose and try to (laughs) fill the mailbox (laughs) with water.
0: He He said, Hello, my name is my name is Mr. Slater. I believe you have a letter for me.
1: Okay, Mr. Slater, what's your first name? I don't know. Yep. I mean, we can't rule it out, but either way, that means that AJ Brimson's in at fullback. Uh, Coates keeps his position over Cobber. I thought that Co- Coates played really well in game two. So they weren't, mm-hmm. probably weren't going to drop him after that. Uh, the rest of the back line's the same. The rest of the forwards is all largely just to reshuffle in terms of bench and starting spots. But then
0: Corey Horsber. debut. What, what, a, feeling? what a, what a proud day for the family. Cousin Corey getting the run. This is good stuff. And it's it like, I try not to take victory laps on on takes or anything like that because I get so many wrong that you can't exactly pat yourself on the back when you get them right. But I th- like we play, I think we played a, a a small role in getting the Corey Horsburgh origin hype going. Mm. It was back after that game against the Sharks where he scored two tries and the the the, the legend of of cousin Corey sort of really got going. And I said, I, I said, I think he could really play Origin this year. I, I think. No, Gronkoff, take I credit. I still tell
1: people that I made Corey Allen an Origin fullback. Maybe it's something about the word, the name Corey must be. We're just really good at.
0: We're the Corey Whisperers. That's <laughs> what we are. <laughs> the Corey Whisperers. Yeah. Uh, who's the wor- Who's the worst Corey that we could we could get into Origin? Corey Hughes. We
1: get him. I was going to say. I
0: was going to say Corey Waddell. What have we got? The Corey Whisperers and the mm. Waddell Waddlers teaming up at last. Well,
1: what a powerful union
0: too powerful. The government Mm. doesn't want us to have it.
1: No, they don't. But uh, yeah, no great shocks in that Queensland team. Hawesborough, a nice selection, I think. Played well enough to deserve it this year. Uh, Does anything shock you you at all? I I brushed over the Coates thing there. Are you surprised that he kept his spot?
0: Not especially. I think it's pretty clear that he's a favorite of Slater's. um, And he had that great game in um in origin in origin too so you know why not just just keep it running um i saw a little bit of talk out there from some of our queensland pals that they they wanted Munster to go to fullback and then get dearden in at five eight just Mm. because dearden's probably got a bigger future in the jersey but you know that that just seems to be to me to be a bit too much shuffling brimson's played well in origin before um on debut back in in game one 2020 he was really really strong They'll obviously miss Walsh and his panache and his swagger and all that, but I think Brimson can do a fine job. And, yeah, Queensland just nice and settled, sitting pretty. I think they're probably going to win. One mm. thing that did sort of jump out at me oh, – not really jump out at me, but I just did notice that they've named Grant to start and hunt on the bench. Yeah. So maybe that's just to – I don't know. Maybe Harry Grant just had the shits that he didn't have a nine jersey yet for Queensland or something. Possibly. Like I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they're sitting pretty. They're looking great. Yeah, we'll we just have a, We just don't get it.
1: We'll have a proper preview of that for you uh, next Monday. So, yes, we will. Mm, stay tuned. Could be the first clean sweep in 13 years. Crazy.
0: Long time, eh? Mm. Long time.
1: But now we have to go all the way back to Friday night. Uh, Nick, my confidence was at an all-time low as South Sydney took the field uh, against the Warriors in Auckland. But uh, a lanky boy by the name of Tyrone Monroe has made me believe again. He said, he just showed us with his play that everything might be all right at Redford after (laughs) all.
0: Well, I was, I was very happy for, for Tyrone Munro because it was clear. It like, we all love a debutant try, right? Yes, They're they're, they're the best, you know, a, a fella plays first grade. It's been his dreamiest whole life. And then he scores a try. It's like, it's like, you know. A dream with a with a with a hot with a hot fudge Sunday attached. Mm. But I loved how much all the South's guys really got around him. I think it was yep. clear that he's probably a he's probably a pretty popular young fellow around the trap. So that was really nice. But but if we won this back, the Wise had so much good footy, so much, so much good ball early. First half session, hour or so, yeah. And South's dug in and defended really, really well. They and haven't defended the Warriors, like that since magic round, I reckon. Yeah. So. And while the Warriors did get on the board, Six 0 was was by no means at all a, a measure of their dominance, be either in possession or in field position. And in the very fleeting chances that Souths did get some good ball, they always looked the more dangerous. And I think what happened was, and it's a phenomenon that we that we see a fair bit. I thought the longer Souths defended, the more confidence in the defence they gained. Yep. And the and the less confident the Warriors seemed in their attack, and that was and it was strange for me to see that because normally a strength of the Warriors this year has been playing has been staying on the job so well, no matter what's going on around them. Like I think back to that great comeback when they had over the sharks, you know, where they just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it and were able to, to get the job done late. They had a similar win um over the dolphins about a month ago or so now where the dolphins sort of stuck pace with them for about 50 minutes, but the Warriors just kept doing all the little things, right. And eventually, hmm. eventually it got the job done, but I don't know, maybe it was the occasion of, of this one with the big crowd. Maybe it was, um, Maybe it was uh the a little bit of expectation being attached to the Warriors for the first time in a long time. But yeah, I just I just thought they didn't play really smart at all. They didn't play to their strengths, they they didn't attack up the middle of the field the way I hoped they would. You know, they didn't play direct, they got a little bit too pretty, a little bit too fancy. Just didn't build into the game the yeah. the way the, the way that we've seen them do it.
1: Yeah, it was surprising to me that basically, you know, that first 20 minutes or so where Souths were on the back foot the entire time. they gave, I think they got away four or fifth tackle penalties. It was infuriating like how dumb they were playing. But mm. for everything that they were doing poorly in terms of discipline, they were just defending so well. Like, everyone was working their asses off. Everyone was sliding well. They were jamming well. They were doing everything right. But what's what this? Where where it really started to break away was at about the half-hour mark, I think it popped up on the screen, and Souths were about 13 of 13 sets, and the Wiles were about 18 of 19 or something like that. But then right from there, the yeah. But then from there, Souths continued that. I think they only had three errors for the entire match. But the but the wires finished with a below seventy percent completion rate. So after that initial burst of of set after set, they just really couldn't get out of their own way. And the second half, I mean, it just couldn't have been any more different to what we saw in in, in the first half. And I know that they were a little bit unlucky with DWZ sort of flapping at that ball after it hit his chest. Uh, you know, on another day, hits the ground first. He picks up cleanly. That's a try against the run of play, but it's a try nonetheless. And suddenly, it's sixteen twelve with with twenty to go instead of being twenty two to six. I think it was a minute afterwards when Ilias put in that really good kick. But yeah, I, I, don't, I I'm with you. I don't know whether it was the occasion or the weather or everything else, but this was the first time in this great run that the Warriors are having where they were warm favourites against one of the competition heavyweights. And you did say that last week where, for better or worse, there's certain teams that when a sort of less heralded team beats them, that's when the greater rugby league public sit up and take notice. So I wonder if the occasion did get to them a little bit. But regardless of that, I think that this is, by a distance, South's best performance since Magic Round when they beat the Storm. And I think it might just be Lachlan Ilyas' best game in first grade, which... Again, he's not a particularly high bar, but with how poor he was last week, I thought he bounced back really well. That defense that he was known for—that was these—that that, that was the one big department of his game that that me and most South fans said he had over Adam Reynolds was his defense. He was really poor in that department last week, but he was he was great in this one. He 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 made a few very very important tackles. He kicked well, especially for that Tyrone Munro try. And I mean, apart from a couple of bombs that he didn't really get long enough. I thought that both he and Cody Walker handled the conditions really well. And I think that this win is so massive now when you consider sort of the slide that South have been, on. I know not all of it is their fault. A lot of that is down to the players they haven't had available, the origin affected games where they've missed half their team and all that stuff. But regardless, they'd lost four out of five going into this one and they were, they were firm outsiders to to get the job done here. And now with the team that Brad fitless selected um, for next week, And we'll get to it on the preview show on Friday. Look, I'm not particularly confident that they can beat the Bulldogs either because of the number of players they don't have playing. So getting a win in this game was just absolutely gigantic for their season. It keeps the Wolves at bay. And now it kind of, I don't want to say a free hit, but it kind of takes the pressure off them a little bit going into this Bulldogs game. And then they've got a bye. And then after the bye, by all accounts, they're getting Arrow. They're getting Campbell Graham. They're getting the big fella. They're getting them all back. So, and that's when they'll push for that. September run. So this game, just in the context of the season, Nick, was just (laughs) so important for Souths because they had been struggling, and I, I was as shocked as anyone. This was the least confident I'd been in in them all year, apart from that Dragons game, which again I think that was down to that was just down to the team that they put out. But yeah, I had no confidence in going to this game. But after that first twenty minutes. and then when they had the lead at halftime, I just thought, well, as long as they don't have another 20-minute spell like that first one, I think that they've got the measure of the Warriors in this one. And got the measure of them, they did.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Walker before because I thought he was, was really, really good in this game, but in a different way to how he normally is. Like normally when we think about Cody Walker playing well, we think about great attacking movements, we think about really sharp passes, we think about excellent support play, we think about running and gunning and doing all those things that he's so good at. But I actually thought... His kicking game was excellent in this one. His organization was great in this one. And he just played the whole game really, really smart. You know, he kept um, – there were several times where he'd sort of have an attacking play left, then drop it in behind Daniel, Dallin with Tenny He's a Lesniak who, who can take a minute to turn around sometimes and just kept forcing the Warriors to come out of bad positions over and over and over again. You know, so it was it was a great performance from him, but in a different way to what we normally see. And to me, that was a, a very consistent theme across this South Sydney side. You know, I, I want to shout out Hame Sele. I thought he was great. outstanding in the middle of the field and mentioned on the show last week that if I was a Souths fan, what I would have wanted to see would be just a really strong performance from the forwards, because that's something that they can then build on and then add to the, to the, to the great attacking stuff. Mm. Souths have already gotten. I, I thought they got that and they got that to the, to the extent where they were able to run over the top of a very, very good warriors pack, you know, and Now with the Warriors, you said it, you said it yourself. Like there are some teams, if you take their scalp, people sit up and notice, but now the Warriors win another three games in a row and they're playing another good side. And I'm trying to tell people, yeah, the Warriors are pretty good. The first thing they're going to say is, well, mate, they couldn't even handle South." you know? So a loss like this can, can hurt a team in some people's estimations. More than three straight wins can help mm. them. You they know? will get
1: so, another chance this weekend against the Moses and Guthersonless Eels, though. Oh so. well, yeah, well
0: that's a that's a really big boost. But mm. I th- I do think the pressure got to the wires a little bit, and I do too. Midway through the second half, it was around the Cameron Murray try, and Murray was really good as, in this one as well as his his best game. In the second game. wettest boy. The second wettest boy. But I was watching the game, and I was thinking, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? And I realized I'd seen it two weeks before when the Warriors came to Canberra and did this to the Raiders, like it was, it was, it was close to identical. Canberra had all the ball early. The Warriors soaked up the pressure. The Warriors scored just before half time. Canberra fell apart in the second half on the back of like Warriors forward power up the middle. And I was like, yeah, shit, I've seen this. I've seen this. And mm. yeah, so the, what the Warriors just did, they had it done to them. So I don't know what you call that. Karma, maybe um, not karma, but still it was something I noticed.
1: I was going to ask about this. Like, is it, Rare, like I, I obviously don't watch the Warriors like sort of with a with a fine tooth comb. I watch their games, but I don't really keep track of their interchanges most weeks. But obviously, I do watch a little bit closer when it is South. They used one sub in the first half, so Bunty Fowler came off for Dylan Walker, and that was it. So the rest of their the rest of their middles all. I mean, Adam Fanua Blake played the full forty. Is that normal?
0: Well, Fanua Blake got binned, you'll remember?
1: Well, yeah, with like three minutes left in the yeah, half. Yeah, but though, that probably so. that
0: probably threw things off. I don't know. There might have been HIA's. I don't know
1: yeah okay it's just win. Um, i think maybe that tiredness did show up for them in the second half when they really just couldn't get anything going because after that start where the warriors would have been ahead in every category except the score um it's a game where south finished up with like 300 odd meters more than them 100 more post contact meters three more line breaks so yeah um very important win given they're probably not going to win this weekend as well so all right moving on um we haven't had a fourteen nil dickhead in a while. I was
0: going to say it felt nice, didn't it? Mm. Felt not nice, if you're, maybe off the storm, storm fan. Fan. the storm fans among us, but for for, for true students of, of of the show, definitely.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh, been a long time coming, and yeah, we we both like Penrith in this one, and we both sort of were eating humble pie after the first half an hour. Although, I, admittedly, I don't think Nelson and of Solomon have scored. But regardless, nor did, nor did I. But regardless, Melbourne had been the better team. And had a very, very solid lead. But then in the blink of an eye, it was all a couple of Raiders-esque tries to the Panthers.
0: And uh suddenly they were on top. Well, yeah, like the, the Storm came out into this in this game at the Telstra dome. Mm. Re- really fired up. We're out hustling Penrith at in a lot of different lot of different effort areas. Harry Grant was just like doing whatever he wanted. He looked absolutely superb. And at 14-0, I was like, well, well, you know, you take on Melbourne in the in the center goal square of, mm. of Docklands and you the just ghost kind of, of Gordon Coventry <laughs> watching over, but then Penrith just did what Penrith do so well. They, they didn't panic. They stayed on the job and they, they, they played as if they knew if they, as if they knew that if they just keep doing their stuff, that eventually things will turn. They sort of backed themselves to go at a pace that Melbourne wouldn't be able to match. And that's what happened. You know, I, I we've said before that to beat Penrith, you need an 80 minute effort. You don't need to lead them for 80 minutes, but you need to be in the game for the full A. You can't clock off because mm. if you do, they'll get you. And if they get you, they never let them go. And they got Melbourne and they didn't let go. And they just turned the screws and they kept attacking through the middle with all their, with all their power and all their ferocity, mm. you know? And, the, and then they, they found some, some touches that you might say were, were lucky or, or, or stuff like that. But mm. It's not lucky if it happens all the time. That's true, and at, and at the
1: same, and, and by the same token, you know, Melbourne's tries were a charge down and a try that neither of us think is a try. Yeah, so yeah. they got a bit of luck their way too.
0: So yeah, and, and 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 by the end, I was it was one of those ones I was watching it, and then by the end, I was surprised. I was like, wow, they beat beaten by that much. Like, they really. We well, really had yeah, both just, these
1: both these two games of tries to took a similar took a similar script where the home team was very much up for it early on, and then the mm-hmm. moment... The visitors got a sniff. They just went on with it. And both of these games, I thought, in the second half were largely academical. The Storm didn't really look like getting back academical? into them at any point. Yeah, that's a word.
0: Is that what you do down at the butchery? You get academical?
1: Academical's a word. Is it? Yeah.
0: Wouldn't you say it's? Oh, it was rather academic?
1: No, it's all academical, mate. It's
0: all, isn't it? Uh, it's, Why uh, are it's you it, doing this? We we've said it enough are you Are trying to zag the dictionary here? again?
1: <laughs> Ac- uh, it's a word. I just looked it up. All right? It's a okay, word.
0: Okay. Well, I tell you, butchery is apparently a, a mm. word. It's yeah. just a South African word, which, yeah, it's, which reflects might poorly be, on me.
1: I'd like to apologize for the actions of my ancestors, and I disavow <laughs> them strongly.
0: You were Dale Stane working <laughs> in a butchery at the High Velt. Oh, uh, the I, I, the I think,
1: springbok is tender today.
0: <laughs> um, I thought Melbourne pulled the wrong rein a little bit here with some of their forwards. I understand why they like Nelson aside for Solomona on the edge right he's a big destructive runner he's really hard to handle he's he, he gives them a lot of strike out there but i think against a penrith team that is this sort of stacked in the center third of the field you really need to to, to you need to put your muscle there man you've got a the only way to fight that strength is to is 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 with your own strength and your own power and your own size and i thought the the point where Penrith surged ahead in this game was when the starting middles for both sides came off. Spencer Ligny came on and he was really strong as he always is. But Lindsey Smith was was terrific. Yeah, it was great. And he really, really helped turn the tide. And to be honest with you, look, I knew the name Lindsey Smith, but if you put a gun to my head before Friday night and you showed me pictures of Zach Hosking and Lindsey Smith and said, which one's which, and if you get it wrong, we're gonna shoot you. I'd say, mate, just pull the trigger. <laughs> so just like I don't want to waste your time because you're clearly a man with serious business, but just pull, put a bullet through my brain because I can't do it. You know, and then it was funny because like the video ref mixed them up when Hoskins went in to score <laughs> off that um off that kick in the second half. Mm. So no shots there at that video ref. It is it is it is uh it is tough to 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 split those two long haired blondies. But I thought Smith was was fantastic and not just with the flick pass for, for Liam Martin, but I thought he really brought the energy and the physicality in the middle of the field. And that helped Penrith get it over the top, you know, and thought Penrith's attack showed some really good signs. I thought they were using Yo as a decoy a lot more instead of having him touch the ball on, on so many attacking possessions. And that was, that was really smart because it was clear how much Melbourne was sweating on Yo. So just by going a bit wider, they just had so much room to, to work with and Isaac Tungo was the big beneficiary. He was great he was getting all that room. And like, I think he probably had a slower start to the season, mm. um, which can which can happen after a guy's had such a good rookie campaign. But over the last month or so, I think since, since he came, he came back injured, from
1: that injury. Yeah. He's been really, he's, really he's, good. he's
0: been terrific. Like just giving them so much strike down that left side. And yeah, I thought he was just, just really, really strong. And I just, I think this game showed that, you know, Melbourne, Melbourne have aspirations to sort of joining those top three teams, but this to me showed me showed why they're not there yet. Mm. They're not yet that they're not there yet because they don't quite I just have don't a think forward their forwards power. are good enough. Yeah. That, that's the that's the thing. That's the And thing. that's not going to change. Well, so. it's a bit like last remember at the end of last year how they was sort of uh they were sort of pasting things together. They were playing months yeah. back and yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were just trying to use the sheer amount of footballing talent they had to paper over the cracks of their roster. Mm. I feel like that's what they're trying to do with their forwards right now. To me, they're just they're they're like one or two guys short. In the middle of the field, they're
1: basballing yeah. it, is what you're saying.
0: Well, I wouldn't and, go that far. I would, and, and it might car. work
1: against the island of rugby <laughs> league, the West Tigers, but it's not <laughs> going to work against Australia, aka Penrith.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I would like to see them move Nas back to the middle all the Me time, too. and even if it's Tar- even if it's Tarek Sims on the edge or something like that, I think they need their middles, their best middles, to all be in the middle mm. for these big, big games.
1: Yep. All right. Moving on to the silliest team in rugby league. R-
0: real quick. What do yep. you think watching on TV, a game at the Telstra Dome?
1: I mean, uh, like it's, it's kind of hard to get a feel for the atmosphere just watching, but like, it's just, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I mean, it kind of like the novelty. I don't know. I'm oh, not there, which is the yeah. important thing because being there sucks.
0: Well, that's but the having thing, the I-
1: aesthetic on the TV is actually all right.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I had some shooters on the ground who were there, and they they said it. They said like it sucked. You can't see shit. Yeah, but watching on TV, I actually kind of liked it. it wasn't hmm. and the novelty made made this feel like a, a bit of a bigger game. So I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. and they got a pretty decent crowd there too. They got like yeah. 25, 26. So yeah, good them. stuff. I liked yeah. it.
1: That's I was saying. The silliest team in world sport, the Canberra Raiders. Uh, you
0: see, you could have said either team for that one.
1: That's true. But the silly,
0: many, so, one, one of the sillier games ever played. What were you
1: saying, by the way? Like, this is their how many games this year have they scored either equal or fewer tries than their opposition, and what's their I record think in the game?
0: So the Raiders have eight wins this year, ten wins this year, hmm. and in eight of those games they've scored the same amount of tries as the opposition.
1: Fantastic! It was funny. I was watching this uh, with uh, with I was at a mate's birthday, but. We, was watching it with a, a, a friend who had a bet on the Raiders. And the, the, the last thing of his multi was Raiders minus 6.5. And when he, when Hudson Young scored, he went, yeah, I'm home. And I said, my friend, oh, you do not oh, Raider. You, <laughs> you do yeah. not Raider because <laughs> something stupid is going to happen in this game. They might lose, let alone not let it get back to a one score game. And that well, train that, was
0: not late. That that That's it. Like for the first, uh, you know, maybe 50 odd minutes, this to me was a pretty regular sort of game. Canberra got off to a a really, really hot start as the Titans got, as field position started to flip and the Titans got a lot more ball. They threw a lot at Canberra on Canberra's line and Canberra's defense has been a little bit shaky at times this year, but I thought the Raiders did really, really well just to hold them to the one try for the first 38 minutes or so. And the try that they did score to David Feeder, like there's no, there was no way to defend that. You know, that's just quick hands, guys putting kicks. Like there was no way to cover it. It was just yeah. great footy from the Toons. I thought the second... The, the titans no try was it was it the penalty was on for feeder i don't remember if yes. he got it down or not i don't remember who scored it at the time i thought it was i thought it was sweet um in, in terms of it being a try and i was surprised they took it off the titans but then in graham annesley's press conference today he made the point that for feeder apparently grabs the back of jamal fogarty's jersey oh okay which to me that's still pretty ticky tack but a According to the rules, you can't. But you can't do that. that. Like there's certain so, things you can't do because they're so blatant, and you can't do them accidentally.
1: And grabbing a jersey is one of them. So,
0: yeah. Hmm. Um, but then they scored just after half time as well, so it doesn't it doesn't matter as much. But then things started to get crazy with the the Khan Pereira going for the corner, him dropping the ball because Jordan Rapana has pushed Jamal Fogarty across the field. <laughs> That's knocked the ball out rapana's picked it up oh sorry way back before this the titans had put a kick in Corey horsborough had knocked it on they picked it up go out to Cam Pereira. he dives to score is dislodged by the the launched jamal fogarty drops it rapana picks it up finds timoko who for 50 meters is flying and then for the last 50 i think i could have beaten him (laughs) on the sprint and they end up giving the try And I've watched a lot of footy. I think the only time I've seen something like this was the Tom Burgess, Luke Brooks goal point play a couple of years ago. But even that was different because advantage is such a weird concept in rugby league because it is solely at the discretion of the referee. I thought, and I, I am viewing this through green eyes. I can, I can admit that. I thought having a shot at the line like that and reaching out to score constitutes an advantage even if you don't finish it what did you think
1: oh yeah no absolutely
0: yeah you thought yeah. That was, you thought it was sweet
1: yeah i did yeah I, I i think we sometimes let players get away with a bit too much i think sometimes we we'll let them take the piss with things not being advantages to me like they've thrown what two or three passes he's tried to dive over in the corner and drop the ball like that's i mean he's he's you know he's 20 centimeters from scoring a try you can't get much more advantageous than that in my opinion but yeah. i i, I love the i yeah i do i did love the defensive nous of jordan Rapata. sometimes you just got to throw a man into another man that's right that's a, that's some, sometimes that's what this game is Can't like. coach that that's I only don't think rapata would decide to do something like that what if i just chuck this bloke into this other bloke it'll all work out
0: and a man did. a man must use any means at his disposal when the time comes
1: yeah i i, I wonder if jamal uh uh Jamal Foggy enjoyed being a
0: human torpedo. He's too good-natured to complain about anything. Uh, I hope he he went, whee, as he got thrown. (laughs) But, yeah, the Titans continued to have so much really good field position and and possession, and I thought they were throwing a lot at Canberra, and Canberra kept digging in. Mm. Um, But then Canberra did – and then they – sorry, they get back to –
1: well, Fafita throws that excellent pass when he's dragging like 12 Raiders over. Yeah, over that's the... it.
0: I, I do want to stress how, how well Fafita played. God, he's good. It's, he's so good. This game was was the best the Titans have used him maybe ever. You know, they were running so much stuff for him and around him. And it felt like one of the very few times where they've got the absolute best out of him as a player. They got work rate and attack and work rate and defense. But they also got some wonderful attacking touches, the likes of which... Very few back rowers in the NRL can hope to match. And when he threw that pass for Khan Pereira, which is another play that's just like how the how the fuck do you defend that? You, you can't. Know, you, you've got to crunch it on for feeder. and then he throws a fifteen meter offload to, to his winger. Like what are you meant to do about that? And when that happened, and the Raiders were up 18, 16, I wasn't feeling great about it. But then the Raiders did something that they very rarely do. They played really smart they kicked really well they turned the screws on the titans and 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 really tried to flip the the field position battle eventually they did hudson young scores and while there was some hairy stuff at the end at no point was i like you know going through the cold sweats this was you? this was one of those very rare games where i felt like once, once Hudson Young scored, of course, I was like, okay, they're gonna, they're gonna be all right. I wasn't, I wasn't doing the, I've seen them lose it from here. When,
1: when they took the better. two though to go from eight to ten, you must have been slightly worried.
0: A, a little bit, but just I didn't, keep the ball I down. Didn't.
1: That I didn't understand that decision. Oh, mate, just,
0: just chewing a bit, chewing a bit of clock. I
1: guess, but like you, That's like, like the last thing you want to do is give them a short kickoff.
0: I understand and that, and that it's a like, play that
1: made it a ten point game instead of an eight point game. Not exactly a big swing.
0: I feel that, but. I am willing to admit I've got a bit of a blind spot on penalty goals because mm. I'm always, I always, always want them to tap it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm like, when they did it, I was like, I'm sure this is better because I'm a maniac that always wants them to yeah. tap and keep going and score more points. But, um, but yeah, it's a the funny thing to say about a, a game where they conceded a try like the, the Tino Fasumala Ali one at the end, but I actually thought this was Canberra's toughest win of the year up mm. there with the South's win a few a few weeks ago, because it really was built on very, very strong goal line defense against a very, very sharp attacking team. Who I thought, for the most part, the Titans played pretty well. And I thought that they really tested Canberra down that left edge, and Canberra just kept coming up with with key plays and key efforts that made the difference.
1: Yeah, I, I and I cannot wait to see how you find a way to only beat the Dragons by a field goal on Friday night.
0: Nah, a field goal is too conventional. It'll, okay, you know what it'll be. We'll kick a penalty goal to go up ten again. Mm. and then the dragons will score two unconverted tries in the final perfect seconds. perfect yep, that'll be it
1: yeah what a stupid team uh, What's that there i i i think it was harry a friend tweeted that um scores not ramage tweeted that uh the raiders have by a distance the worst uh average margin of victory i think it's like 4.1 points or something which is just hilarious
0: yeah, well, look, they're they they're, they're dumb as shit, but they can be really tough sometimes. And if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. I got some, I got some stats sent to me hot off the presses. Okay, earlier today. have to They got ten games decided by zero to six points. That's the most in the competition. Fantastic. Their average win margin is four point three. There it Lowest is. in the okay. comp. Eight games won by six or less. The next closest is four. How do you do it? Stuff. I don't know. All how your FAs were good in this one again. Tarpany was great. Hudson Young was great. Jordan Rapana had some really big plays down the stretch. Great stuff. Loving it.
1: Whatever you feel about the camera Raiders, it's not boring. That's right. That's why the, That's why we're the people's champs. Indeed. Okay. Uh, we are running a bit late. Thankfully, not a whole lot to analyze in this next one. North Queensland, 74. The Tigers of West, zero. This um, is one of the
0: most pathetic things I've ever seen.
1: It was absolutely disgraceful. And, I mean, obviously... Uh, and it was interesting because, like you know, a lot of time you see teams take their foot off the gas when they're up big in games like this. But I think that sixty six eighteen was still in the back of every Cowboys player's mind, and they just wanted as many they wanted as much blood as they could get.
0: Well, you would have seen in this how a few of them were doing the DX cross chops. was great. I'd that... forgotten that. I'd forgotten that Star Tower did that after he scored a mm. try in the game at Leichhardt the mm. other week. So it was clear that the Cowboys were coming in this with a real point to prove, and you know. All, all of them were great. Like Dearden was exceptional. Scott Drinkwater had it on a string. The forwards were all awesome. All of that. You guys saw that. You saw all the points. You don't need us to go over that. For the Tigers, someone's got to pay. Someone's got to pay for this. And not just Alex 12 who's like suspended. This. Yeah, yeah. And like, like they have – this is the third biggest loss in the history of the Premiership. The biggest in the NRL era. yeah. And, and this is the second time in 12 months that they have conceded over 70 points in a game. Yep. Two of the five biggest scores ever have been inflicted against this team in the last 12 months. That's bad. How insane is that? Someone's got to pay. And I don't know if it's a coach. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know if it's, if it's the board, but someone has to be held accountable. And there's got, like, something's got to happen. Something, someone has to pay for this in a, in a very sort of fundamental way. In a very fundamental way. Well, it's Monday because, night now,
1: so we'll we won't know the teams until tomorrow. But yeah, yeah. we we'll wonder what they'll do. But man, well, they haven't won a game since that night at Leichhardt.
0: Yeah, and they probably won't for the rest of the for the rest of the season. Now you know, and there's big losses. Like everyone cops big losses sometimes, and the cows are in good form, or whatever. But some some of the stuff on show here was. To call it to call it like park footy stuff is an insult to park footballers. I mean, like well, you know, we barely talked about this game in the preview because
1: we both said, What are we doing here? You culture and the cowboys from memory. And like we all knew who was going to win this game, but fuck me, seventy four points. Like they nearly lost they they nearly bit the clock, which is just staggering. Absolutely staggering. And I just don't know where you go from here. I and the worst part about this is this is year one of their five year plan. They're locked into whatever the fuck they're doing for the next couple of years, unless they just pull the pin and blow everything up instead. But like, it seems like for better or worse, um, this is sort of where they're going to be in the short term future. And I, I did write out this like two months ago. I was like, well, no other club could just get away with the nostalgia cocktail that they've been serving up to their fan base for this long, because their fans are just so betrothed with everything that happened in 2005. But that's nearly 20 years ago now, and you can't just keep deferring to the ghosts of the past when, when you think you need something to fix what's going on. And they had all these big signings in this previous offseason, but you know, who's walking through the door next year to sort this out?
0: Look, on, honestly, I don't think the roster's the problem. Right, because yeah. we've seen this roster do so well this year, haven't we? I don't I'm think any only, dude. Only, I don't think any
1: roster should be losing seventy
0: four. Yeah, only only in a couple of games. But I don't think I don't think the the cattle they have is the problem. It's quite clearly the way they're led, you know. And yeah. I, I, I I don't I don't know if there needs to be a coaching change right now. I think losing seventy four nil is grounds for any coach to get sacked, even a coach that's only been there for a couple of months or whatever. Yeah. Like this is, this is beyond the pale. This is a historical beat down. This is the sort of thing. Like they got hit so hard and so badly. The Cowboys will feel it in their knuckles when they flex them 30 years. from. I, now. You, they will sit their children on their knees and say, I want to tell you about the day that we put a thousand fucking points on these joint ventures." We've picks. had these, we, our teams have had these games
1: and they hurt not, more than anything. They I don't so, know. I don't like, know sorry. Not like this. Not this bad, never but I like this, South lost 62 nil to the Warriors one day in like 2003, 2004. It was brutal. It was it was awful. And then you like, you know, losing heavy hurts, but losing like this in such an embarrassing way where the whole, the whole competition is talking about this because it's such a outlier of a result. Um, there's no way back for this. There's no way back from this.
0: Something has to change. Someone yeah. has to, someone has to pay. Someone has to be held responsible for what's happened here and be punished for it. You know, and like, I felt really sorry because I we have a lot of Tigers fans who a lot of mates who are Tigers fans, a lot of Tigers mm. fans listen to this show. And one of them, um, Simon, who was the guest host for the Tigers preview early this year, he kind of said, oh yeah, you know, like these losses don't, they don't hurt as much. I know we're not going to do it. I know we're going to suck or whatever, but that might be different if you lose 30 nil or 40 nil or something like that. But yeah. a 74 nil loss is... That's beyond the pale. No fan should have to put up with that. No fan should have to try and justify that. You know, I, th- this this was one of the most embarrassing things oh, I've we, ever seen in any sport. I'm
1: not going to name him, but I was out for a mate's birthday, and one of the there was a guy that was supposed to be coming out with us after he finished work, and he's a Tigers fan. And then this game out, he just he just stayed home. <laughs> didn't want to go out and have a, didn't want to. Go I, out and I, with I, I mate. don't blame. And him. I don't blame him
0: for a second Me either. I don't blame him at all. Absolute
1: disgrace. Uh, Cowboys were good. Good on them. They're they're all the way back.
0: Played great footy. Scotty, do you're
1: the best? He sure is. Um, WrestleMania 2, the what someone called it, the, the something in the Gabba. I can't remember. Someone well, had a really uh, good name for it. Our
0: friend Pythagor was calling it the Vendetta on Vulture. Don't mind it, which I liked. Yeah,
1: yep. Uh, great ending again. Um, Selwyn Coburg scoring one of the tries of the season to get the Broncos back on top, and yeah, uh, another game that
0: sort of Brisbane, ju- like. Pulled it out of the fire at the end and just did enough. Yeah, I, I felt like the it was clear that the occasion supercharged the Dolphins a little absolutely,
1: bit, absolutely, which we that, we saw coming.
0: Yeah, which, which they kind of needed because they kind of oh have yeah been, yeah they yeah, kind of yeah. have been just sort of like stumbling along, you know, running into walls, fucking everything up for the last couple of weeks. But for the first you know sixty odd minutes, it looked like a classic Finns game. You know, they were just hanging in there, hanging in there, competing really hard, finding the 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 inches they needed all around them. To, to sort of stay competitive in the match. Um, I didn't love Tabua Fido in the centers. I got what they were going for because nicaragua has been playing quite well and he helps them move the ball pretty well, but felt like they just needed, they needed Tabua Fido to be more involved. And there are just limits to how involved he can be out in the centers. Um, I, th- I think Brisbane probably pulled the wrong rein with having Carrigan on the edge. I thought he was pretty good there, hmm. but I felt like they, it just took away from from their, from their strength too much. There's so much of their strength is Haas and Carrigan up the middle of the field and Haas was exceptional in this game. And I, I more felt like if they just have those two leading from the front in the middle, it almost doesn't matter who they have on the edge, you know, because they're just going to have so much, so much go forward. Um, and for a second there, after Big Val went over and after Jeremy Marshall King scored, I thought, wow, maybe the Finns are going to get out there and, and do it and get their first win over Brisbane, which will be a bit massive, massive deal whenever it happens, but this, this had become the sort of game that was going to be decided on individual brilliance, you know, and Cobbo was the one who found it. And like, he was, he was, he was exceptional on the right wing. And then, and then when the dust settled sort of after the game, I was reminded a lot of that first Brisbane Derby, which followed a pretty similar pattern where the dolphins looked like they were going to get home, but then a really big player, a special player from a Broncos player, got it done in that first one it was the stags hundred meter try and in, in this one it was the cobo chip and chase and mm. I, I i thought it was it was it was an important it was an important thing for this for this rivalry an important thing for the dolphins as well because that first brisbane derby again is always going to be an night to remember because it's the first one but this was another great game and a great contest and and this this is important in in establishing the mythology of the Brisbane Derby. The games like this are what makes these games that it's what makes these derbies nights to remember.
1: Yeah, it's what
0: makes them special, you know. So I wonder if this is the last gasp for the Dolphins, if they're just going to totally crash now. But if this if this was their last shot, then mm-hmm. they they hit Brisbane pretty hard and they staggered them, and Brisbane showed a fair bit of ticket to fight through it.
1: Uh, it Was a uh, Wrestlemania colon yabba Gabba two was Scorsese's suggestion, which that's is fantastic. Good stuff.
0: Um, yeah, completely agree. Uh,
1: big win for the Broncos. They'll be without Walsh and now, well, I think Will will have a regular season game. I'm not sure if he will, uh, cause he's they've not going to play the, origin. They've, yeah, they've this got to the buy this week, so and maybe he will be I back the week know. after who knows, but you know, decent win for them going into sort of a couple of weeks where they won't have Haas. They won't have Reese Walsh. And I think they've got a couple of tough games coming up after that. I feel like they play. I know they play South soon, but I don't know who else they play in that block of games. Either. They play the Cowboys, Roosters, Eels next, next three. Oh, they got the Bulldogs before that though. So that's, that's, that's easy, but
0: that yeah. that Cowboys game will be a
1: beauty. Yes. All of a sudden that's, uh, that's one of the, it's, you are not, you will not guess what time slot Cowboys Broncos is with five guesses.
0: Um, is it Saturday 3 p.m.?
1: Well, you know that because I've obviously told you that it's
0: like the least likely one. So yeah. I should oh, have. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah, oh, that, that's a shame. You'd think that was prime time. Don't the Tigers have three free to wear games in a row? Yes, including one, one that we'll point? have to
1: preview in a second. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Tiger Sharks, Barnburner. But uh, before we get there, we've got two more games to talk about uh, from this week just past. Another one that we can kind of just wave
0: our hand dismissively. Newcastle fans, congratulations. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It. Great big win for the Knights um, for a team that sort of struggled to score points over the last couple of weeks. This was a, this was a, this was a swerve I'm going to say, but it was just great to see them play to their strength so much. And so much of their strength is Kalen Ponga down that left side, linking with Bradman best. And we mentioned in the lead up that they, that they would want to target Jaden ball at second row. And they did that again and again and again and again. You know how,
1: you um, know how we've talked probably five or six times this year after Knights games about how they the game got away from them they could have won it they should have won it they're underachieving they're underperforming all that stuff blah 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 do you remember in the Homer they fall where the ad comes on the TV and it says society put Dredrick Tatum away for his brutal crime but he's paid his debt and now he's going to get revenge on Homer Simpson in this case (laughs) the Brawlings were Homer Simpson and this was the Knights exacting three months of pent-up frustrations on a poor defenseless uh man who wasn't even fighting for a sandwich (laughs) <laughs> because yeah, they they looked pissed off. They looked like they had a point to prove. This was a game where, let's not forget, at kickoff, it was evens at at, at on the sports books. And this was a game where privately we had the same number of people coltrane each of the two respective teams. No, so, really? Yeah. Oh, so that's tough. this was a coin flip at kickoff in every sense of the word, and they came out with their most complete performance in a couple of years, looking starving, looking absolutely ferocious. And yeah, if you're a Knights fan, you have to be delighted. We did say that Adam O'Brien could have been potentially coaching for his job, but now their tails are up. They've got eight or so weeks to make a statement for the rest of the season. And yeah, Carol Ponga goal kicking, by the way. Fantastic.
0: Terrific stuff. Mm. Uh, the thing, like, Even if the Knights don't go on to make the finals or anything like that, when you're on the right side of a win like this, it is just, it rules bags of fun bags are fun and you would think that you get sick of it and the uh, sick of your team scoring points you don't you just want more no one whose team was good in 2021 would say that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the the knights knights played with a with an energy and enthusiasm and imagination that has just sort of eluded them at times this year and maybe this is the the supercharge they need for a really big run home and maybe they are a team that can that can really get something going over the last couple of months of the season. They've certainly got the talent to do it. I, mm. I would think so, especially with Ponga playing like this, he's, he's, he's really in, in quite good Nick at the moment. And, you know, maybe that, that sort of embarrassing loss to Penrith was kind of what they needed to, to shake things up a little bit. But if there's a team that needs to be embarrassed into shaking things well, up, I can't. It's your look, Canterbury Bulldogs. Okay.
1: So I can't remember an assistant having as much, sort of pedigree and as much hype around them getting a crack at a first grade job as Cameron Seraldo did. And at the moment, his his coaching of the Bulldogs is emulating the last Penrith assistant that coached the Bulldogs and also lost a game 66-0 in <laughs> Trent Barrett. So shout out to whoever I, who tweeted that. That was a very funny stat, which just lined them up next to each other and like every word was the same apart from attacking guru was changed to defensive guru <laughs> including lost a line that said lost 66 nil but anyway some of these some of the efforts in this were absolutely pathetic appalling yeah. hayes perham was very 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 bad the whole backline was terrible Khalid rajab also terrible and look i'm sorry rajab, got,
0: Mar- rajab got hooked after about 25 yeah. minutes
1: i yeah and i'm sorry read marty you can't come out and criticize the fans for booing i'm not oh, one I, I- I'm I thought not a, that was
0: very, very uh, uh, ill done.
1: I'm not, uh, obviously, you know, when people go, oh, the players are getting death threats or they're getting this and that or they're, they're getting people showing up. There. None of that stuff is condonable, but no. condonable might not be a word. But um, booing at a game you've paid your membership or your ticket to go to, booing a team who are showing no fight, no heart, no ticker in a game that, again, was a coin flip going into, a game where you win this, you basically pull yourself out of wooden spoon consideration for the rest of the season. And a game where you lose 66-0. And again, some of these tries were so piss weak. Like, mm. just guys... like Who have been the Knights' two best players this year, Kemper? Uh, Ponger and Greg the Leg. Well, I was going to say Ponger. I was going to say the two wingers. Dom Young okay. and Greg Margie, who barely had to do anything in this game because they yeah. just gouged them through the middle of the entire time. Like, absolutely pathetic. And so for... I don't know the exact quote in front of me, but for Marnie to come out and have a gut with the fans for booing them off the field, I thought was... Just showed a complete lack of awareness and a complete lack of contrition.
0: Yeah, I did too. I did too. I can I can appreciate that he's frustrated. I can appreciate that the booze would have hurt. But guess what, mate? They're meant to hurt. They're you meant should to remember hurt. them like, and ensure yeah, that it doesn't they, happen again. Like th- this this was not this was not good enough. I I, I think apart from kick out and Thompson, the Bulldogs didn't have that many blokes out, I don't think, did they? No. Well that's no. it. we took this last week we talked about their forward pack being their weakness and we're
1: like there's not really any sort of big names coming through the door to yeah. turn this around Luke Thompson is about it so well,
0: yeah and out as well but like well, yeah yeah just just terrible just terrible and for a team that like this was meant to be a a year when they were taking a step forward this was a year where they were meant to mm. develop and really and really push forward and they've shown a couple of signs of that but this is two games in a row now where like pathetic's pathetic's not strong enough to to describe their defensive efforts in their last two matches. Remember the game against Cronulla, where Cronulla felt like Cronulla could have scored eighty. Yeah, legitimately. And for a second, they in could this hold game, on to the I ball. thought the Knights were going to score eighty. Like, and and and, and you're right about Cyril. He's such a highly touted assistant to come in and and do this poorly. The last guy I can of remember that like that is Stephen Cooney. Yeah, someone did say that in the in the a very here. very highly touted assistant at Melbourne went to Parramatta and it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen, you know? And, you know, Seraldo was saying after the match, this job's probably bigger than I thought. There's really deep cultural issues and all of that. And I can I can appreciate it's a big job, but geez, you really would have thought they would have been more progress. <laughs> have,
1: you, have you seen their next three games? Oh, no. How bad are they? Souths, Brisbane, Penrith. It's not great. Well, at least they get Souths with like half the team not playing, but then it'll be a full-strength, oh, a full-strength Brisbane, Sands, Reese Walsh, and then a full-strength Penrith.
0: Well, the Brisbane one's after Origin. What day of the week is it?
1: It's a Saturday at Belmore, too. they got to fire up for that one.
0: Well, yeah, if you can't fire up for that, then... Uh,
1: but that's the thing. Like, do? things are so... Like, if they... They should not lose this week. They really shouldn't. But if they lose to Souths and it's bad, if it's ugly again... Like, because Belmore is usually a big day on the calendar for them. Who knows how many fans are actually going to turn up? There was... I think the official crowd was about 10,000 at this game, and there wasn't 10,000 people there. So, even with the magic of Belmore, like, who knows how many people are going to turn up if they're going into that game playing the best team in the comp, well, arguably the best team in the comp, off the back of a 22-point loss, a 38-point loss, a 66-point loss, and whatever happens to them this Saturday. Who knows? Just
0: terrible. awful. Just terrible. For a club that uh, was meant to be aiming higher this year, incredibly disappointing.
1: Yep, absolutely. And the last game of the round, Camper, we've tipped out around it all year. We've avoided saying it because of, and I think we were kind of blinded by the name of the club and the badge rather than the performances on the field. Are you ready to say it? I'm ready to say it. The Sydney Roosters are dead. Are bad. They're finished. Yeah, I think either. that that is it. Put a fork in them for 2023. Another game that just got away from them at the end. Uh, a gorgeous Josh Schuster pass to, to uh <laughs> to win Manly this game. That do last
0: you have, do you have, do you have the Tom we have Yeah, Trabojevic. <laughs> ah,
1: he'll do. Give him the ball. Oh, he's good. Um, <laughs> that last set was diabolical, wasn't it? That kick yeah, at the end. Oh, it, Jesus well, it, was,
0: it was something of a microcosm for, for the season Roosters issues yeah. all this year. You know, they can move the ball up the field pretty well. They're quite strong in yardage, but they get in the attacking twenty, and things just totally fall apart. You know, they it just they just feel so disconnected from every player feels so disconnected from what the rest are trying to do. And outside of throwing it to someone and having them create something just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot going on with their attack at all. And it's been months and months and months of this now, Mm. you know, and I I didn't think that there was much between the two teams in this one. I actually thought the Roosters defended really, really well, because they were under so much pressure, especially in that second half but Schuster was was able to find that one little bit of attacking class which just seemed to elude the roosters for all the for all the yards they could make and all the meters they could run and all the tackles they made at some point you've got to take you've got to take a couple of chances you've got to be able to score points when it counts and they just couldn't and they just haven't been able to for months now for mm-hmm. months and months so Yeah. Like we've, we've, we've given them, we've given them all the rope We can, we've given them the benefit of, of considerable doubt on many occasions, but yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's over. I think streets is done, man. Mm. So this sounds very simple, but yeah, this game I thought was far more even in the
1: middle of the field than I thought it was going to be. I think they ended up with largely the same number of meters, but I think Manly held their own. I think maybe the Roosters deserve to win, but Manly probably held their own, especially in the middle of the field and you know the way that they were playing with the ship in the soil sometimes sometimes you just got to draw a line in the sand and say no not today we're not going to get pushed around and that's what their forward pack did they were spicy they were chippy they were physical for 80 minutes and that i think really did help lay a platform for that late to try and yeah they probably you know that you know, you, you'll take the Cherry Evans intercept try those the, there's nothing sort of that's not built on by any sort of great forward play but it's a play made by a guy that's playing close to career best footy at age 30 36 34 how old is he um he's 108 years old okay good yeah Methuselah himself and <laughs> they needed a game like this where they just said no like we, everyone's writing us off we don't have Tom Tabojevic. We've been shrugging a little bit lately but we're not we're not going to take this lying down we're not going to show up at brookvale oval and and, and let the roosters who've dawdled along this year stroll in here and get their season back on track and they yeah, did well, they I, shut the gate on them
0: yeah well th- this this to me felt like a last gasp for both teams right and one team was gonna get life support and get the chest compressions and you know come back and and be with us for a little bit longer and another one was going to fade out and flatline. And, and, and Manly are the ones who are mm. sitting up saying, yeah, wow, my entire life flashed before my eyes, but I'm still here. And a big part of that is Cherry Evans, who was terrific in this game. And I'm glad you brought him up because he wasn't just great with his kicking game and his leadership and all that. He also made some really, some big opportunistic plays like that. Mm. Luke Keery intercept is just yeah. That's just like Kiri not having the attention to detail. Let's He had that
1: big break in the second half as well for about 30, 40 meters yeah, as well. Yeah. So. And
0: it was, it was Cherry Evans being hungrier and being mm. sharper, you know? And, and, and I think a lot of manly guys took their, took their lead from him. So, you know, uh, and, 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 I, and I, I do think it's important that this game was, was at home because it was a really big crowd out at Brookvale. It was really big. It was really rowdy. And, I think that helped Manly get over the top of the Roosters in the end, and it helped keep their season alive, you know. And Manly still got some really big problems. I don't know what they're going to do from here or how they're going to go. But when the shit was really hitting the fan and stuff was getting really tough, and it was like, well, if we lose here, it might be time to start thinking about next season. Manly are the ones who were able to step up. Manly were able to, the ones who were able to to make the key plays, you know, and they they showed. They showed a little backbone to them that I honestly didn't think they had anymore, but they yeah. found it when it mattered. And the Roosters not finding that when it mattered kind of tells you everything you need to know about their season and how everything's gone.
1: Yeah. If I was, if I was a thought I'd be absolutely delighted um, with this performance. Um, you know how I've often said when we talk about Parramatta stadium, the new one, that like, because of the way it's built, that no matter how many people there, it sounds like it's it sounds like a madhouse. The atmosphere is always really good. Yes, we're going to test that on Thursday night <laughs> because Cudellah <laughs> fans don't travel. And if you are a West Tigers fan who's thinking of going to Combank Stadium on a frigid July th- evening on a Thursday to watch the West Tigers play the Sharks, then you are a, a better fan than me. Help is available. Uh, what do we need to preview? Toby Rudolph's going to be back apparently. Oh, is he? That's nice. Played New South Cup last week and is prime for a recall.
0: Handsome Toby was back playing for the Jets. But I apparently. Finding out now.
1: I, I didn't know either. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, yep. So, and Brandon New la has got a rib injury. So again, they lose one middle, they get one back. This has been the story of them <laughs> the,
0: all year. The universe remains in complete balance.
1: Uh, we don't need to analyze this, Tony. I'm tipping. I can't train Cronulla because I've already Coltrane them three times this year. And you can't train Cronulla because you took the cowboys last week so we could have had our I, first coltrate thursday cold train of the year we have yeah, well, yet. I,
0: I, if i hadn't taken the, the cowboys last week i would have done it i'm like surely the tigers show something i
1: don't think and, they're going to lose 74-0 well
0: they, they have to be embarrassed into valor at least a little bit you know but this cronala team is really really crackerjack in attack against against struggling sides they're going to have all their dudes you know, Hines is there. Kennedy's there. Moylan was was a lot better, um, a lot better for them last week. He sort of hit a little bit of form. You know, you got uh, you got the team that loves beating up on on bad sides. You got the glass cannons. <laughs> they don't the, get much badder than this. Yeah, well, that's it. You got the glass cannons, and the Tigers don't exactly have any rocks they can throw at them. So yeah, mm-hmm. sharks are going to eat them alive. It's going to be like Jaws four, but worse. Yeah. Simeon Randra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. semi oh, i He's
1: absolutely buried it. All right. tiny bit of news before we get out of here. Uh, Dylan Brown suspended for seven games, including three already sell, served and fined $40,000. So we'll be back before the regular season ends, Nicholas.
0: Yep. Well, I, I got to tell you, I think with the way Dejan Arcee's been playing, I think Parramatta will be feeling a lot more confident about what they can do over those seven weeks than they probably would have when 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 Walker, when, uh, sorry, when Walker, when Brown was stood down. So it's, it's, it's not been the, the crippling blow that it, that it might've been.
1: Yeah. No, not don't, I don't, this doesn't really sit right with me. It doesn't, it seems like massive unders for something that he pled guilty to, but. I don't know. What do I well, know? That's
0: the that's the thing with the the no fault stand down and all that. It's all discretionary. Like there's no hard and fast guidelines. It's kind of just whatever they feel is appropriate. They're going to drop on it, you know. Which is the can be a strength of the policy sometimes, but it can also be a weakness because we be, people can feel like somebody's getting off light for something. But that's the mm. system, and it's not going to change.
1: And uh, when are you getting down to Canberra Airport to welcome new signings Tino Ali and David Fafita?
0: Well, I've already got some, I got some guys on the ground there working on badly misspelled banners Fafita, and (laughs) and statues that if they don't sign, will then be converted into effigies.
1: Oh, yep, That's, that's sustainable. So good.
0: I, Um, I, I think Canberra's a fair chance of landing him, you know, I hope you get, I hope you get, they, they, they went, they went pretty close last time. Feta came down toward the facilities, all that sort of stuff. And a big part of what kept him on the coast was his um his relationship with justin holbrook who was a very big fan of as evidenced by having a clause in his contract where if he gets sacked if holbrook got sacked for would become a free agent canberra's up their offer to a million dollars a season for four years it's very very good money you know i i think the fact for has done so well at the titans this season probably makes it harder for canberra to get him because i think part of the canberra pitch would have been come down here and, and we will make you the football you're always destined to be but he seems to have been doing that now but Maybe that's the play for Canberra. Maybe the Jack White and replacement isn't a five eight at all. Maybe it's get Dave Fafita in there, and then the five eight can be miscellaneous. Yeah, and everything or everything will work out. Yes, yeah. yeah. but I, I think I make seventy five meters a, a set really every do. set. You'll be fine. Yeah, I think I think Fasum Ali, Ali will probably end up staying, but I think I think Fafita could be could be up for grabs just a little bit. No, I
1: hope so. You deserve something nice. And before we get out of here, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. If you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash Rookies, you get a third show every single week, access to our Discord server, and plenty more. We will have our greatest games podcast this week,
0: Nick. You, yeah, it'll be coming uh, Wednesday, I think, Wednesday Thursday. or Thursday. Yep. Been a bit of a time coming, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I think mm. you'll get that podcast if you're just on the, the lowest tier. Patreon yep. tier, but if you want to select the game for the greatest games podcast as our dear friend shunter has for this week it's a good game got to too. be one of the higher tiers
1: if you want that yeah. privilege you got to pay for it exactly and speaking of those the privileged thank you to dave stew where's Wayno two nil tomorrow victories and introducing little stevie wonder butsy chewbacca snuffleupagus dan Carnane, david and anonymous backer ed burton Horsburgh, Scoresborough. Imagine an Imaginary Menagerie Manager, Managing an Imaginary Menagerie. Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brown, Kicks Kicks Outside of the Cop, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Spidmore, Maddie Jenkins, Maroon Gossard, Matthew Duggan, Melbourne Storms, Poor Season Support Group, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, My Name is Matt Bungard. and I Love Taylor Swift, My Ding Ding Dong is Hard and I Am Sad, Never Trendy, Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, See You in Vegas, Shanta Tai, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Rabbit Jumped Over the Hungry Pit, Thor, Tom Hardy and west Side's podcast thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens thank you as
0: well and whoever tried to give it up give it, up. Give t- it t- up there now that's 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 uh that's the most impressive thing i've ever seen you do told you man
1: tongue twisters good adam good shit, oh, good shit. a lot please. of fun names
0: in there yeah please don't that say, that, we... that Imaginarium menagerie one it, yeah that's a yeah i did there you are you you are good at tongue twisters i'm glad yeah, you it, want that tongue the, twister the competition. third of
1: the the third of the third of the month is always this weird day where like a bunch of people's patrons reset but they have to like manually click a button saying yes so like a few of them, the names always fall off when we record on exactly the third of the month so yeah. apologies to a few of the regulars you'll we'll be back to the shout out on Friday but I can't keep track of who's who's not there and who is so that's yeah. the names keep changing well that's also true but the I rabbit jumped, the
0: rabbit jumped over the hungry pit
1: didn't it just didn't it go, go on the rabbit alright uh, we will be back with uh, Question Time Greatest Games and the Friday preview show later in the week until then say goodbye Campo Goodbye, the veterans, and it's goodbye from me.